number 13 this evening, and uh, I want to talk to you this evening. Uh, I don't know if Pastor is watching. Pastor did not ask that I speak on this. He did not uh, endorse this in any way, although I'm sure he won't have an issue with it. Uh, but I'm going to talk to you tonight about supporting your pastor, all right? And uh, I've thought about doing something along these lines several times when Pastor's been away and have just never uh, felt like it was the right time. Uh, Lord kind of brought this back to my mind, and so we're going to uh, deal with some of these things tonight. And I hope that this will be a blessing to you this evening, uh, ways that we can help to support our pastor. And uh, what we're going to do tonight is, is uh, I'll, I'll do a little bit of an introduction. We'll read our passage after the intro. And then we're just going to take the, 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 the name pastor, the title pastor, and we're just going to use that as an acrostic tonight and uh, go through and give you six ways to support uh, your pastor here at Bible Baptist Church. And so uh, just just kind of by way of, of introduction, you know, I, we Becky and I have uh, have had some some interesting and, and fun conversations with teenagers. Uh, one Sunday morning, we had one of our teenagers uh, just stop us before we got into our lesson. And, and she just looked at us and said, Brother Kenny, what do you do? And uh, I, I think a lot of times, church members in general, uh, the vast majority of them really have no clue what goes on here at this building during the week. And, uh, you know, so I gave, I gave that teenager, when she asked that, I, I gave her a, a very quick answer. Uh, I named off uh, about a dozen different things that I do, and I looked at her and I said, and that's Monday. <laughs> and she looked at Becky and she said, I'm not going into the ministry. That's, that's all there is to it. I, I know that right off the bat. And, uh, you know, th there, there is a lot of work to do and a lot of things that uh, people really don't think about when it comes to church work. I, I think some people get the idea sometimes that a pastor uh, comes in and he sits in his office and he reads books and he studies and he prays, and that's about the extent of his week. Uh, and while those things are very important and those things do get done, uh, there is much, much more to the week than that. And so I, I'm just going to, I'm going to give you just a, a real quick snapshot, some things that I thought of uh, as I was thinking about what a pastor does, and uh, maybe some things that you know, maybe some things that you have no idea. Uh, but a pastor and his family, if you think about it, live in, in what some people call a glass house. Uh, people look in, uh, and as human beings, sometimes are, are often very critical of every aspect of their lives, sometimes without thinking. Uh, you know, sometimes it, it's, it's, they try and, and, and healthy, help, uh, you know, do healthy criticism or constructive criticism, uh, but sometimes, you know, they, they criticize or, or they think about things and, and really they, they have no idea really what is going on in the background. And, and the vast majority of church members, as I said, don't really have any idea what a pastor does on a day-to-day -day basis and really probably would be shocked if they did know uh, or, or had to do it themselves. And so uh, the pastor must not only care for, the, for, for, for an entire organization, uh, you know, this church functions much like uh, a business organization does. Uh, you have to track the, the finances, you have to track uh, the staff, you have to track all these different things throughout the week. And so not only does he care for that, but all of the people that are in the organization as well, speaking of, uh, of congregants or, or attendees, uh, members of the church, and, and think about this, think about all the times that you have needed something, uh, 
whether it be prayer or advice, counseling, uh, maybe a hospital visit, uh, family problems, uh, financial advice, problems with their children, uh, etc. You know, we could go on and on about the different things people come to the church or come to the pastor to get help with. Um, but you think about that in your life and then think about that not only for you, but for the entire church family. And your pastor is dealing with all of it and sometimes a lot of it all at one time. And, and he's juggling these different things and he's juggling uh, prayer requests. He's juggling praying for people. He's juggling, you know, helping them spiritually, giving them verses, uh, doing this, doing that. It, it's, it's a big job. And that's just the managing of it. You know, and, and, and I thought of this. A pastor wakes up every morning with you on his mind. Uh, when, when he wakes up in the morning, his first thoughts are, you know, how was John's surgery? Uh, how is Ian doing? What, what is going on in this person's life? How did this go? Did this person get back safely from their trip? Did this person do this? Okay, what, you know, what is going on in the people's lives that they have shared? And, and his first thought as he wakes up in the morning sometimes is not even of himself or what he has to do, but it's of someone else and, and what's going on in their lives. And, and, and he starts off his day many times with, with prayer uh, for those people and for those situations that are going on. But a pastor not only deals with all of that, but he also deals with his own personal problems and needs. He deals with his own family, all the things that you deal with with your family and with your children and with uh, the things that you deal with every single day, he's dealing with on top of all of that. And then on top of everything else, he must try to find time to tune everything else out, to study God's word, to spend time in prayer, to be able to give the church what it needs from God's word. And, and, and you think about just that right there, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a big job. And, and, you know, that's really not even probably a, a uh, probably does not do justice of the snapshot of what your pastor here at Bible Baptist Church does on a weekly basis. There is so much more dealing with missionaries, uh, scheduling events, doing all these different things. And, and, you know, I don't say all this tonight, and, and, I, and I don't talk about this subject for you to, to feel sorry for your pastor, uh, to feel sorry for the associate who is under that pastor, uh, to feel sorry for anyone else who is in the organization as, as far as the church is concerned. It, it really is nothing like that. But sometimes I think it's necessary for uh, church members and, and people that come to the church to really understand what the pastor does go through, uh, what is on his daily, because it, it helps, it's going to help you to be able to better pray for him, uh, it's going to help you to better be able to encourage him, some of the things we're going to talk about this evening. And, and so again, I don't say all this to, to make you feel sorry for him or, or even for other pastors, but just to raise the, the awareness of what the pastor does deal with on a, on a daily and weekly basis. And to say this, we need to support our pastor. We need to lift him up in prayer. We need to encourage him. We need to assist him uh, in any way you can. And let me say this, your pastor loves you and would gladly do uh, and, and many times give up any of his own personal comforts to help you in any way that he can. Because that is what God has led him and called him to do. And, and, and if, you, if you think about the role of a pastor, it is the role of a servant leadership. It is the role of somebody who's serving you uh, and, and, and doing his best to point you to the Lord Jesus Christ as best as he can. He's not a perfect person. And uh, 
you know, if, if, if anything, uh, you know, if anything comes from this, I hope you just pray for him more. Uh, because pastors, pastoral staff, people that are in the ministry, it's a very lonely place. Uh, it's a very, uh, it, it's, a, it's a place of struggle. Uh, it's a place uh, many times of discouragement. And because the pastor is the one feeding everyone else, and a lot of times he doesn't get what he needs sometimes, uh, you know, you get, you get recharged and you get fed from him every single week. And, and there's a lot of times where he doesn't get that on a weekly basis. He gets it in his own personal time, but sometimes pastors need uh, preaching just as much as you do. And, and so, you know, I, I say all this to just say, you know, we need, to, we, need to, we need to support our pastor. We need to pray for our pastor. Uh, but I don't say all that as well to say stay away from pastor, <laughs> okay? Uh, in fact, the very opposite. Uh, pastor would love and wants you to come to him with those problems, with those concerns, with the things of life that you deal with, because that's why he is here. Uh, sometimes we feel like people don't go to the pastor when they do have struggles, when they do have needs, when they are going through life choices and, and big things in their life, and, and, and they don't say anything, and we find out about it three months down the road, and we're like, man, we, we would have loved to have prayed for you. We would have loved to help you move from one house to another. We would have loved to have helped you do this or do that. And, and, and so let the pastor know what's going on in your life, all right? So let's take the, the word pastor and use this as an acrostic and, and just go through this. And, and so the letter P tonight, you know, we're going to start off with, uh, what do you think the letter P stands for? Pray for him, all right? Number one thing right off the bat, I've said it multiple times already, Pray for your pastor. Let's read this passage uh, that we're going to be in tonight, and, and I think you'll see it real quickly here. Look at Hebrews chapter 13. Look at verse number 17. The Bible says, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. It is unprofitable for you as a member, as somebody who comes to this church, if you make it difficult for pastor to do his job, <laughs> uh, he, he, he is watching for your soul. He is standing up and, and, and in, a, in a sense is interceding for you in, in prayer and, and doing everything he can for you spiritually. And so we need to do our part to, to obey, to submit, uh, so that that job is, is easier. So that he may do that job with joy, with with. Uh, the ability to, to have pleasure in doing it uh, and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Look at verse number 18. Pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. And so letter P tonight, we need to pray. We need to pray for our pastor. Hebrews, uh, or, or 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 25 says this, brethren, pray for us. Uh, Paul is asking the, the brethren, he's asking the people in Thessalonica to pray for him. In, in uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter number 3, verse number 1, he says again, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may, be, may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. And, and so Paul is asking for, for them to pray for him so that as he does the job that, that God has called him to do, especially the job of the ministry of the word of God, that he can do that and the word of God can have free course, free reign. Uh, you know, where, where, when a pastor stands up and, and you know, maybe there's, there's something going on or maybe there's an issue here or maybe there's 
uh, a disgruntled member over here or whatever, a lot of times those things can hinder the free course and the working of the Holy Spirit of God in this place. And so we need to do all we can to pray for our pastor so that the word of God is not hindered, so that the word of God has free course to go forth and do what it is, called, what it is supposed to do. And I believe with all my heart that, we are, uh, that when we are grateful and appreciative of something or someone, we'll take better care of it or them, right? I mean, you think about what is important to you in your life. What, what has value to you? Uh, you know, there, there's some people that their life is their car. Uh, you know, and, and they wake up, there, there's a guy in our neighborhood that I see him, it looks like he washes his car almost every single day. He's out there washing his truck. And, and that's great for the truck. I don't have the time to be able to do that. I, I don't want to go out and wash my truck every single day. Uh, you know, some people uh, say, well, I live in South Florida, so when it rains, that's when my car gets washed. Um, you know, but some people, their pride and joy is their vehicle. Some people, their pride and joy is maybe their electronics. Some people, their, their pride and joy is their job. Some people, it's their house. Uh, my dad uh, loves taking care of his lawn. Uh, I grew up, uh, my, my dad hated when we went outside and played in the backyard uh, because when we went out and played soccer or football or whatever, inevitably there's going to be big divots and, and, and pieces of grass missing in his yard, and he hated it. Uh, he absolutely hated it. He took great pride and joy in the way his, his, his yard and, and the outside of the house looked. That's just the way that he was, and some people are like that, right? And, and, and you think about the way that what people love, what people cherish, they really do take care of. They put time and effort into it. And if we truly love and we're praying for and we appreciate our pastor, uh, then guess what? We're going to take care of him better. We're going to pray for him even more. We're going to pray for him more specifically. Uh, we're going to do everything we can to uphold him and uplift him in this, in this area of prayer. And uh, go ahead and go to this next slide for me. I found a couple of these things uh, this evening in, in uh, just, just some statistics uh, that, that are out there uh, about pastors and things they deal with. 97% of pastors have been betrayed uh, or falsely accused or hurt uh, by um, trusted family, trusted friends. Mine's a little small back there on the back wall. 70% uh, of pastors battle depression. Uh, 7,000 churches close. Uh, each year, 1,500 pastors quit every single month. 10% of pastors will not retire as a pastor, uh, or, or only, I'm sorry, only 10% will retire as a pastor. 80% of pastors feel discouraged. 94% of pastors' families feel pressured in the ministry. 78% uh, of pastors have no close friends. 90% of pastors uh, report working 55 to 75 hours per week. Uh, I say all that, again, not to say feel sorry for your pastor, but to pray for him. You know, and I think if, if you ask, the majority of pastors say, I do all of that willingly. And I do all that graciously because that's what God has called me to do. And I love the people of the place that God has called me to be. Uh, pastor would gladly work an 80-hour week 
if it meant you guys getting what you needed spiritually and taking the next steps and becoming more and more like Christ. We'd gladly do that. Uh, and I think most pastors would agree and would say that same thing. And so pray for your pastor. And then just another acrostic uh, with the word pastor, uh, some different ways you can pray for him. Go back one. There you go. Uh, pray for his personal life. Pray for the, the way he does administration. Uh, pray for his sermon study. Pray for the test and the trials that he deals with. Pray for him as he uh, does the oversight of the ministry. Pray for him in his resources and, and the things, the resources, not only for him personally, but for the church itself. All of those things weigh on a pastor, and so pray for those things. Uh, pray for your pastor uh, as specifically as you can. Uh, here's just a few things that, that I thought of as I was thinking about praying for your pastor. Pray for your pastor to be given wisdom in all things. Uh, pray for his wife and for his family. Pray for his marriage. Uh, if there's one thing that can destroy a church is if a, if a devil can get into the pastor's marriage and his family. And, and so pray for, pray for a strong marriage for your pastor. Pray for his spiritual well-being and protection. Pray for him as he makes decisions that impact the church. Uh, you think about the decisions that are made that impact the church as a whole, and you think about all the people that are involved in that impact, guess what? Not everyone is going to be happy. Someone is going to disagree with the decisions that are made. And there, there's no way around that. And so pray that he has wisdom as he makes those decisions that are going to impact everyone. You know, you think about our, our current situation in COVID. It was not an easy decision to close the doors of the church. It was not an easy decision to go to live streaming only. It was not an easy decision even when we opened back up the timing and when that happened and how that was going to happen. And not everybody was satisfied with any of what we did probably. But he had to make the decisions that he felt the Lord was leading him to make that would best help this body of believers, Bible Baptist Church. And so pray for him as he makes those decisions that are going to impact the church. Pray for him as he studies and chooses topics and series and themes uh, of, of, of and to preach about. You know, he chooses the theme every single year. Uh, in fact, uh, he usually takes a little bit of time away in the month of August uh, to get away and, and just kind of get with the Lord alone and, and, and spend some time with him to try and decide some of those things. And, and so pray for him as he makes those decisions. You know, you, you think about the decision that he made to, to choose it as well as a, as a theme for us for this year and what an appropriate topic it was. Uh, you know, that would not have happened if, if people were not praying for him and if God had not given him the wisdom to do that. Uh, pray for him as he takes care of not only the people of the church, but the church itself, the property, the improvements, the things that need to go on. Again, there's so much that he considers with finances and with decisions that are being made and, and the best timing and the best way and the best improvements to do. Uh, you know, there's some things that definitely need to be done around here, but sometimes it's just not the right time to do it. And, and he has to have wisdom to be able to do all of those things. Uh, pray for him as he decides on schedules, uh, decides on and schedules church events, uh, evangelistic outreaches, uh, things, things to reach out into the community. Again, things to where, where to put the money and the best suited place for all of those things. Uh, it's a big job to do. Pray for him as he oversees deacons and classes and teachers and staff. And the list goes on and on and on uh, of the things that he has oversight of. And he does all of that, according to verse 17, he does all of that watching for our souls. 
in the back of his mind, he's thinking of the fact that, hey, I am going to one day give an account for this decision that's made. I'm going to give an account for how this impacts that person and this family and, and, and this place in the church. And so we need, absolutely need to pray for your pastor. Okay, and so if there's one thing, I mean, that's, that's, that's primary, that's first thing right off the bat, pray for your pastor. But the second thing, let's go to letter A, appreciate your pastor. Appreciate your pastor. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verse number 7 says, And in the same house remain, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the labor is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house. The labor is worthy of his hire. And, and you know, I, I, I really believe that, that this church is very generous uh, to, to pastor, to us as staff, uh, to, to our missionaries, to the different things we do. You guys give very generously and very selflessly, and we appreciate that so much. You have no idea how uh, nice it is to have a church that just willingly gets behind the things that need done and gives to see the work of God go forward. There are some churches where it's like pulling teeth to get anything done or, or to get anything given to a certain uh, mission or a certain uh, task or a certain um, campaign or whatever it may be. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, I, if Pastor were standing here, he would say, thank you for the way you give. Uh, but we need to appreciate and, and consider him worthy of his hire. Look at 1 Timothy 5.18. For the scripture saith, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the labor is worthy of his reward. Appreciate your pastor. Um, how many of you know what month is the month that they came here to this church? November. In fact, uh, the, the Sunday after Thanksgiving was pastor's first Sunday here. Because Thanksgiving was his first activity as the pastor of this church, the Thanksgiving meal that we do. And, uh, you know, remember that. Uh, you know, we always try and do something for him as a church or, or from, from the staff and the deacons uh, to, to honor the fact that he's been here now uh, six years. This will be the, the, the sixth anniversary uh, this upcoming November. And, uh, you know, remember that. Honor him. Uh, send him a little note. Encourage him. Uh, tell him you're praying for him. Um, October is Pastor Appreciation Month. Uh, it, it's sometimes it's really hard uh, to get the church reminded of that without me like totally just taking over the service in front of Pastor, which is not always the easiest or the, the, the most unawkward thing to do, okay? It's very awkward to say, uh, Pastor, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take over the service for a second, and church, you need to remember it's Pastor Appreciation Month. Um, but, but appreciate your pastor during that month. Take him out for something to eat. Get, you know, get him a little card. Uh, slip a $5 bill into his hand. You know, whatever, it doesn't have to be money. It doesn't have to be a gift card. It can just be, hey, I'm praying for you. Hey, thank you for being our pastor. Just appreciate him in some way. And I know that those things are great, are, are, are so meaningful. And I know that our church does that. Uh, but do it without, without having to be reminded. Think about it ahead of time. Plan something. You know, as a, as a church, plan something without, without me or the deacons knowing it. 
do something fun and, and bring something in and, and have the whole church in on it. I, you know, do something nice for pastor during Pastor Appreciation Month. You know, and, and just appreciate who he is and all that he does for us as a church. I believe with all my heart that we, that when we are grateful and appreciative of something, that it will reserve, result in having it for much longer as well. Uh, you know, some pastors, because they're not appreciated, because they do work, uh, are, are overworked in, in a lot of ways, and, and in many cases, um, not so here, but in many cases, there, there are pastors that are doing the work, and they're being overworked, and they're not even making enough to pay their bills. You know, some work multiple jobs uh, on the side to be able to do the ministry, and, and and, and Paul made tents. Paul, you know, Paul did that when it was necessary. Um, but we as a church, if we are able, we ought to take care of the pastor. And, and it's a shame on a church if they're not doing that when they have the ability to do that. And, and so we need to appreciate him. Um, let me ask you this. When was the last time you went out of your way to show some gratitude or some appreciation to your pastor? You know, not just saying thank you or saying great message on your way out the door, but went out of your way to really do something extra just to say thank you, just to say, hey, I appreciate you. I've been thinking about you. I've been praying for you. When was the last time you wrote him a note? Anybody here wrote in past, written pastor a note ever? Only a few of you. A few of you. Pastor writes hundreds of notes. I, I, it would probably not be an exaggeration to say he probably writes over 100 notes a month to people in this church. People get notes on a regular, regular basis. And, and that's one thing he does very well. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it's nice to get one back every once in a while. And uh, send him a note. Send, you know, leave, leave one in his Bible on a Sunday or, or whatever. Um, you know, Bring them a little gift. Uh, take them to dinner. Um, just say a heartfelt thank you for all, you, all, all that he does for you on your way out instead of just saying, great message, see you later. You know, sometimes that's the way it, it is as we're going out the door. And, uh, you know, sometimes, it, sometimes a pastor kind of wonders, was it really a great message? Did they really get anything out of it? Or are they just saying that? <laughs> and, uh, you know, just go a little bit extra. And can I encourage you to remember... All those things that we've talked about. Remember his birthday. Remember his anniversary. Remember the church anniversary. Remember Pastor Appreciation Month. Just do something extra for him as your pastor. We have an amazing man as our pastor, and we need to remember and appreciate him. We also say that in appreciating our pastor, we need to also appreciate his wife. Uh, because she deals with a lot, and she gives up a lot for him to be able to be your pastor. And for him to be able to take care of some of the problems and some of the things, you know, he gets up extra early sometimes and goes to the hospital or he's at the hospital late at night or he's counseling somebody or he's dealing with this or he's on the phone or whatever. And a lot of that takes away from their time together when we normally have it. And uh, we need to remember that, that she deals with and gives up a lot too. And so in appreciating him, remember to appreciate her at the same time, all right? Uh, third thing here, submit, submit to your pastor. We see that right here in this verse. Uh, look at verse number 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they, as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. 
The word submit means to resist no longer, but to give, but to give way to, to yield to authority and, and to the admonition it brings. Um, submission is never easy. It's not something that is in our human nature whatsoever. Uh, but here we are, we are given a command to obey them that have the rule over you and to submit. It is not easy. All right? It, it, it is not. Uh, but it is necessary for us to be able to do that, that they may be able to do their part and that we may be able to be, be pushed, be stretched, and, and, and be pointed to Christ the best way that we possibly can. You know, sometimes people come to church and, and they want to know how to have a better life, how to have a better family. Uh, they want to know how to grow, how to be a better Christian. Uh, but many times when presented with God's word and what it says, there's resistance. You know, and, and we probably would never say it outwardly. We'd never admit that I'm resisting what God did in my heart or, or, or I'm resisting what the Bible says. But sometimes our actions do say that. Sometimes our actions do show that I'm not being submissive or I'm not submitting to that. And, and sometimes when there is resistance to the pastor instead of submission, it often comes with an attitude that is critical and dissatisfied. When, when there is not the submission that is needed, uh, there is a critical spirit a lot of times in its place. And a lot of times the result of that is, is division. It's a divisive spirit. It's somebody who uh, spreads rumors. It's somebody who, who seeks to do what should not be done in a church. And, and may I remind you that Proverbs 6.19 says, a false, witness speaketh, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren, is one of the six things that the Lord hates, yea, seven, that are an abomination. And the last one there in that list is he that soweth discord among the brethren. The seventh thing. Six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination to the Lord. And that last one, that seventh thing, is the one who sows discord. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, when I think of this, this uh, you know, I, I'm not trying to make this all somber from, from being up high and saying pray for our pastor and appreciate him. Um, but there needs to be submission. There needs to be submission to what he teaches you know, this is not a blind submission. This is not just saying I'm just going to blindly follow a man. That is not what I'm saying at all tonight. But if your pastor stands up and he preaches the uncompromised word of God, then there should absolutely be submission and a following of what he is teaching. We need to be obedient to the things. That's the whole reason we come is to see what God wants for our lives. And that's what he labors all week long trying to accomplish is to help us to see that in greater ways. Sometimes it's, it's, it's discouraging. Sometimes it's a struggle because, you know, there, there are ways we are struggling. We struggle in our families. We struggle in our marriages. We struggle in our finances. We struggle with our, with our kids. We struggle with our jobs. We struggle in all these different areas. And, and, and sometimes pastor gives opportunities to help in a lot of those areas by way of a class, by way of uh, an extra meeting, by way of uh, a devotional, by way of an encouraging thought or whatever. And, and sometimes people, you know, they're not necessarily, you know, saying I'm, I'm rebelling against all that, but they don't ever avail themselves to those things either. 
They don't come. They don't attend. They don't listen. They don't watch. They don't do anything to get what God has given the pastor to give to them. And, and you know, it, it's, it's really not a shame on the pastor. It's a shame on us because we're missing out on what God has prepared for us. When we're not here, when we're not in a place, when we're not tuning in to what God has available to us through the church. And so submit to your pastor. Submit to him. Don't be someone that might be divisive. Don't be somebody who would uh, cause discord or or cause dissension in the church. Strengthen the church. Help to encourage people to follow a pastor and follow his lead and, and, and do what God is calling not only him to do, but us as a church body to go forward for the cause of Christ in our area to reach people with the gospel. That's, that's our mission and that's our job. And that's what the pastor is trying to help us to, to do together, uh, unified together. All right. Uh, the fourth thing here, T, trust your pastor. Trust your pastor. This kind of goes right along with the submission or kind of follows right along. Inherent in the submission is trust. If we're going to submit to someone or to something, uh, to a leader, to authority, especially someone who God has placed in our life, if we're going to do that, you must first trust that he has your best interest at heart. Right? I, I mean, you know, we're not just going to submit to someone if we don't trust that he's helping us. If we don't trust that, that he's following God. You know, and, and there are there are pastors out there that do not have the church's best interest at heart. Uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, people, you know, there's probably people, probably some of you that are sitting here that have dealt with situations and have been hurt in situations. But if you're, again, if your pastor is following God, if he is teaching the Bible, if he does have your best interest at heart, then get on board, get behind him, help him, trust him, let him into your life. Trust your pastor that he loves and loves you and he cares for you just as much as he does himself. Because that truly is the way that pastor truly loves and cares for this church. Do not be afraid to go to your pastor and talk to him about the things in your life. Uh, don't be afraid to ask for advice or for counsel. Don't be afraid to get help and spiritual wisdom when you're going through things that you're unsure of. If there is a, a life-changing decision to be made in your life, uh, I believe you should go to your pastor and you should seek counsel and you should seek advice before you make a decision. A lot of times people do come and, and, they, and they say, pastor, you know, can you give me some help here? Can you give me advice here? I'm getting ready to do this or I'm thinking about doing this. And they come and, and, and pastor gives him advice based on what he knows of the person, based on what the Bible says, based on maybe the way he's been praying for that person or whatever it may be. And sometimes those people take that advice, but sometimes people come into those meetings having already made up their mind. In a sense, they're just going through emotion. They're just doing what they know that they should do, but they know going into it in a lot of times that they're going to walk out and they're going to do what they had already decided to do or what they were already leaning towards doing, no matter what the pastor has to say. And again, that goes back to the submission area as well. If your pastor has your best interest at heart, now, all of us have to take care of our own lives. We're all responsible to God for us. But if you have placed yourself here under the, the, the leadership 
and the, the shepherding of your pastor, he's there for a reason. He's there to help. He's there to guide. And we should avail ourselves to uh, his advice. We should avail ourselves to what he has for us. Get help where you need it. Uh, make the decision as you should, but get the advice of your pastor. Your pastor is the under-shepherd that God has placed in your life to help guide you, and as, much, and as such, has God given insight into your life, probably more so than some of you ever realize. You know, God gives a special insight sometimes to a pastor into people's lives and into the things that they need so that he can help them in a special way. Uh, not in some, you know, mystical, prophetic, ooey-gooey type of whatever, okay? Uh, but sometimes as a pastor is praying for you and, and he's asking God on your behalf to do something in your life and to help you in this area and take the next steps that you need to take, God is also showing them the best ways to help accomplish those things. And so submit and trust your pastor. Come to him with problems and let him know what is going on in your life so that he knows better how to pray for you and help you as God leads him. You know, again, not as pastor's got a lot on his plate, for sure. Every pastor does. Uh, but all of that can be set aside to help a member of the church to help a believer in Christ. That's why they are here. That's why God has placed them here. That's why God has called what God has called them to do. So let them do that. But they've got to know about some of those things too to be able to do those things. Okay? Letter O, obey your pastor. Obey your pastor. Again, right here in verse number 17, obey them that have the rule over you. We are to obey the authorities, especially our spiritual authorities that God has placed into our lives. And as your pastor encourages you and admonishes you to take the next steps in your life, to be more like Christ, uh, to tithe, to get involved, to serve, to do all the things that we as Christians are supposed to do, we ought to be obedient to that leadership. And it's not really that we are obeying our pastor, all right, but we are obeying God who is leading our pastor. Uh, we need to be obedient to God first, but to the authority that not only God has placed in our life, but that we have chosen to submit ourselves or bring ourselves under. And we need to be obedient to that. Um, these things are not being said for, for uh, you know, for his own self-interest. You know, as a pastor preaches and teaches and says, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to get involved here. Uh, you know, I'd encourage you to do that. It's not so that he can gain anything from that. It's not to serve his own self. It's to help you be a better Christian and to be more in Christ. We are not to do this blindly, but we are to be obedient. And here's why. Because your pastor is watching out for your soul. Your pastor is standing up in prayer. Your pastor is guarding you. Your pastor is watching the doors of this church to make sure that nobody comes in and leads the people of this church astray. He takes that very seriously. Very, very seriously. Probably more serious than any pastor I've been under. Uh, and we ought to consider that a blessing because he is watching out for us. Your pastor is watching for your soul because one day he will give an account of every decision that he makes on your behalf or for you or every prayer that he offers or does not offer. 
for every note that he writes, for every word of encouragement that he gives, every admonition that he offers, he's going to give an account for all of those things. This is an incredible burden that he has, but one that we can make easier to bear if we are obedient and make it easier on them to do the task God has given instead of causing and bringing grief by disobedience, by rebellion, by that, by that resistance instead of submission. And the Bible tells us here in verse number 17 that if we do it that way, if we are disobedient, if we are striving against him, guess what? That is unprofitable for you. That is unprofitable for me if we're doing it that way. And then the last thing here, remember your pastor. Remember him. Uh, look back at verse number 7 of this chapter. Chapter 13, verse 7. The Bible says, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto, the wor- who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow considering the end of their conversation or their lifestyle, the way they have lived. Now, I, uh, I, I read uh, a couple people said that this could be referring to pastors that have passed away, uh, pastors that have gone on, they, they, they've gone home to be with the Lord. Um, I, I really don't have a leaning one way or the other at this point in time. It could go either way. And I don't think either way is a wrong way to look at it. Uh, But either way, we are to remember them and follow their faith. You know, there have been been some great pastors of this church. Pastor Brown passed away unexpectedly. Uh, Not many of you sitting here knew him. (laughs) Uh, I'm looking around, maybe, maybe two, three, two or three of you maybe. Um, you know, but we can follow his faith. We can follow the example that he left for us. But we also have a pastor here right now that is living, and we can follow his faith as well. And and again, this is not that we are to follow and to strive to be like, uh, or, or we are to follow and strive to be like the men of God that God has placed in our lives, but do not follow the man because of the man. I've seen far too often, especially where, where uh, the first ministry that I was in up in North Carolina, that people followed pastors because they liked the pastor. Um, where, where, I, where I served up in, up in the mountains of North Carolina, there, there was a, an area there, there was a lot of small churches. None of them were really doing well. 20, 30 people maybe. Uh, all of them were, 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 were just barely surviving. Uh, most of them, um, and, and the pastors that would pastor those churches usually would work a job because the church couldn't take care of them, and so he would come in and he would pastor, uh, but because of the way those churches were run, some of them were, 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 were run by families and other things, uh, and sometimes what they would do is, is somebody would get upset at something the pastor did or something the pastor said, and, and so they'd basically kick him out of the church, and guess what he would do? He'd go down the road to the next church and pastor that church. And the people that liked him would follow him over there. And somebody would come back to the church he was at, and the people that liked him would come over to that church. It was was so odd and so strange and so against anything I had ever experienced before, and yet that happens all the time. Uh, We we meet people all the time, uh, soul winning or on visitation, and, and people say, well, I, I'm a church hopper. 
or I, I'm just kind of a, a mobile churchgoer. I, I'm, I'm, I, I go from church to church to church. I, I don't really have a church home that, that I just land at. I, I go to this church for a little while, and then I go over here to this church, and I visit this church over here, and I see that church over there. And, you know, th- there's, there's no stability at all in that kind of, of following. Th- there's nothing there. And, and, and we should not follow a man just because we like him as a man. As we follow people that God has placed in our lives, we should be following them because they are following Christ. And we should be following them because we are ultimately following the Christ and the God that they are following and leading us to. And and, and I believe that we absolutely have that in our pastor. I don't think there's any doubt in anyone that is here tonight that we have that in Pastor Keeley. And so don't follow him because of the man, but follow him because of his faith and because of who his faith is in. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 says, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Paul said, look, don't, don't follow me because of me. There was a situation that came up, and, and they were arguing. Some, some were of Apollos, and some were of Paul, and some were of this guy. And, and there was division happening because some people liked this guy, and some people liked that guy. And, and again, Paul was trying to get them to see, look, don't follow because of the person. Follow the God that they are leading you to. And if we'll do that, no matter what happens, whether you know a, a pastor is called away or, or, or goes to somewhere else, whether a pastor passes away like we had happen here, no matter what happens, we're not just going to be stuck in the water because, or you know, dead in the water because. You know, our whole world is shaken because that person is gone. We continue on because we are following Christ just as they followed Christ, and we're following the example that they set and that they have left for us. You know, even, even the series that Pastor's been going through on, on Sunday nights through Psalm 23, as he's been talking about, the Lord is my shepherd. That is a great picture, not only of Jesus Christ and the shepherd that he is, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd, uh, you know, but it is also a great example of the way a pastor pastors a church. And a pastor strives to do exactly what God does for us in Psalm 23. And so may I encourage you tonight to pray for your pastor, to appreciate your pastor to submit to your pastor, to trust your pastor, to obey your pastor, and to remember your pastor. Not just to follow blindly, not just to follow a man, but because all of those things should be pointing us to the Lord Jesus Christ. And may we aid our pastor in doing what God has called him to do here in this place. May we not be a church that stands back and is resistant to the leadership. May we not be a church that stands off and does not want to get involved. But may we do everything within our power to get involved and to do everything that God not only has called us to do as Christians first, but as members of this church following the leadership of the pastor that God has placed here. And may I encourage you just to do that. Maybe uh, maybe tonight you just, you know, pastor's gotten back i'm sure he's tired from from the journey uh, maybe wait till tomorrow but just shoot him a text jot him a little note tonight when you go home and drop it in the mail 
you know, just, just do something uh, on Sunday. Uh, just, you know, and don't do it just because I preach this message. Maybe spread it out a little bit so the whole church doesn't uh, jump in all at one time, right? Um, you know, but care for your pastor. Support your pastor. Um, you know, this, again, this is not something he asked me to do. Uh, this is not even really, for me, an easy message to do. Um, it's, a, it's a little bit awkward, uh, similar to, um, you know, getting up and saying we need to do something for pastor for pastor appreciation month. Um, but this is something we need to do. This is something that's biblical. It's something God has called us to do is to honor, support, to love, to cherish, to obey, to submit to, to follow and to support our pastor. May we do that with all of our hearts and may we do that to the glory and the honor of Jesus Christ as well. All right, let's pray and we'll be dismissed this evening. Lord, I thank you so much for the day you've given us. Thank you for your word. And uh, Lord, I thank you for our pastor. Lord, thank you so much for his leadership. Thank you so much for, uh, Lord, the way that you called him and, and the man that you brought here. Lord, thank you for the, the, the hard work that he puts in on our behalf. Thank you for the, the time that he puts in in prayer. Uh, Lord, the time that he puts in writing notes and just being an encouragement to us. Lord, we just thank you so much tonight for our pastor and the person that you have placed in our lives to help guide us and direct us and lead us as individuals and as a church. And Lord, I pray you'd help each one of us if we're not fully on board, that tonight we would see we need to just get on board and support the pastor that you have given to us. And Lord, may we do that, Lord, so that as, as he serves you and as he serves this place, may we be obedient, submissive in a way that causes him to be able to do his job with joy and not with grief. And Lord, may it be profitable for all of us because we're all doing what we should be doing in supporting our pastor and doing the work that God has called us here to do. And Lord, may your work go forward from this place in Pembroke Pines and the surrounding areas and all around the world. And I know that you will get the glory and the honor for all that's done and said. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.